0: You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Well, folks, without question, uh, exactly with what happened with President Trump obviously has dominated, will continue uh, to dominate. Uh, Let's see. This is Lindsey Graham on Fox afterwards. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, play this forward. How do you run for president uh, in
2: 2024? moving between courthouses in new york city and washington dc and florida and atlanta he's spending more money on lawyer fees than he is running for office Uh, january the sixth i was there i saw it he was impeached over it the american people can decide whether they want him to be president or not this should be decided at the ballot box not a bunch of liberal jurisdictions trying to put the man in jail they're weaponizing the law in this country they're trying to take donald trump down and this is setting a bad precedent. and what i fear is that you're changing the way the game is played in america and there's no going back we're in for a very hard time if this becomes the norm
0: you know it's tough to argue with that um and a lot of people have felt that especially this talk that there was no reason to indict him in this because he's already been indicted in in a different case i think um i think this is going to make things difficult it it certainly blurs the line because everything else um uh, there's no other campaign other than this i mean they're just in the fact that giuliani's dragged in um <laughs> the fact that mark meadows is dragged in i um I don't I mean all right, I wanna play um a little bit of sound as this whole thing broke. So this is what it sounded like uh last night. Uh, Donald
1: Trump on state charges stemming from his efforts to overturn Joe Biden's victory over him in the November twenty twenty election in Georgia. Uh, this is a historic Uh, this is the fourth time donald trump has been indicted uh let me bring in uh, caitlin collins right now uh caitlin uh, i'm not sure if you have the indictment unsealed is
2: caitlin is is caitlin there Uh, and and tell us uh what's who what is in this indictment is it just of donald trump or are there other individuals
3: it's of other individuals obviously it's a 98 page indictment it's going to take us a minute to read through but
0: Seemed over the top, didn't it? As far as the Rico statue, I think that's interesting simply because that was uh, mostly used to take down members of organized crime, drug rings, uh, you know, drug dealers. And then, obviously, famously, it was used in the Buddy Cianci case, which was Operation Plunderdome, that essentially said that he was operating Providence City Hall as a criminal enterprise. I believe that the people that um that are with the president I don't think they're going to break off I don't know other how this is going to play with independent undecided voters and and especially undecided female voters So let me play a little bit more... Uh, the Today Show package regarding the legal element of it.
4: 41 counts, 19 defendants. It is a big piece of business. What are your takeaways? Uh,
2: It's expansive and all along that this district attorney said she wanted to use racketeering. and She said she wanted to do it because it allows the prosecutor to tell a story. And the story we see here is not just about the infamous phone call to the Secretary of State, but also the intimidation of election workers. False statements filed in court. We didn't know all that was going to be included here, but she's really done a deep dive We talked about how it overlaps with the federal case. But here, the racketeering charges alone, that carries 5 to 20 years in prison. And that 5 years is mandatory. So it's quite serious. It's expansive. But there's obviously going to be a a long road to trial. Racketeering is one of those words that people, if
4: they associate it at all, they think about organized crime. Essentially, what she's arguing here is there is this far-flung conspiracy with 19 defendants. What is it? 30 unindicted co-conspirators. And it literally sweeps. The country that is an incredibly difficult case to bring to court. It's a sprawling case,
2: and that's why it's so surprising to hear the DA say last night that she was prepared to try it within six months. I think that was more aspirational than realistic, given all the defendants. More defendants means more times for. Delay. Is that even fair? I mean, to a, to yeah. a defendant who
4: doesn't have time to prepare. I mean, to, to Trump has said, "Look, why didn't they bring this right. a year ago? Why are they bringing it now? What's the answer to that?" That's,
2: that's the argument I think that they're going to make, and they have strong grounds for it. But it's. Going to be, again, up to the judge to decide what to do. Yeah. Let's talk, Kristen, about the yeah. politics
4: of this. I mean, the playbook now, you know, for better or for worse, the Trump team has it down, putting out those statements, fiery statements, saying this is a political persecution. Former President Trump keeps getting stronger with each new indictment. You see
3: his poll numbers go up. He said, I just need a fourth indictment to secure this nomination but savannah and talking to folks who are familiar with trump world they say actually he's most concerned about this indictment georgia is a critical state he cannot pardon himself because these are state charges and think about what blaine said this is going to be televised likely he will be on camera potentially as a criminal defendant in the middle of a presidential campaign that's politically problematic
4: it's interesting to see how other republicans even republican mm-hmm. rivals react to this and and you know the president President has said this is a, a politically motivated prosecutor. Now we're in the heart of Blue Georgia in, in Fulton County, where this case is filed. On the other hand, the witnesses here are predominantly Republican officials many of whom supported Trump in the election. Those are the witnesses against Trump and the other co-defendants Absolutely, here. and that's part of why this Georgia
3: case is getting under these skin because his skin, because these are fellow Republicans who are being called as witnesses. And so it, it raises significant questions. It also puts the idea of January 6th into the spotlight, uh, the potential attempts to overturn the 2020 election, the vote count. The question, I think, becomes... How do his challengers handle this in the debate now about eight days away? And will former President Trump attend? He's not ruling it
4: out, although I still think it's pretty unlikely. So the debate is August 23rd, and in this Georgia case, they're all summoned to court on August August 25th, two days later. All right, we shall see Laura Kristen.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401 three two three ninety two fifty two three two three ninety two fifty two aj drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business. AJ Drywall, Plaster, Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401 401- 323 9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePetro.com. It's time for our segment Politics this week. Joining us, he's the managing editor at anchorising.com it is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. um, So we we will talk about Aaron Regenberg, who's running for Congress. He's a Democrat now, this CD1 race. And he received the endorsement from uh, Hollywood actress Jean Fonda, who's also, though, really known not only as an activist, but just some of her antics during uh, the Vietnam War. So it's twofold. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Aaron Regenberg receiving the endorsement from Jane Fonda, running a commercial with it, then late Friday, Republican Gary Leonard, he's the Republican endorsed, he held a three o'clock Friday press conference and he denounced the Fonda endorsement. Why don't we start off, though, with I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Aaron Ruggenberg securing this Jane Fonda nomination. Uh, excuse me, endorsement,
1: endorsement. Well, it's uh, it's a strange. You know, the, somebody must have connected to somebody to get this, and it's it's strange for him to think it helps him. I guess uh, she's female and progressive, and so maybe it does. Um, it's kind of for for the reasons I'm, I'm sure we'll get into with Gary Leonard's objection. I mean, she she's not she she's not well received among a lot of Americans and i mean it's just just recently within the last couple months she went on national television on a view and called for the murder of pro life activists so i mean this is not a not a nice person it's uh, she's an actress so she's famous but she's she's very vitriolic and kind of representative in my view of, of how how for the left their rules don't really apply it's all you know they'll talk about unity and comfort and and respecting other people but she doesn't and so for him to accept that nomination it's 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 lamentable it's not surprising because this is really kind of who progressives are
0: at this point well as far as him uh that part of it see i think my view is i think it's a good move because it reaffirms his base of again we're talking about a democrat primary now he already got the uh bernie sanders endorsement I think Regenberg is shoring up like I I view it, Justin, is that's exactly the type of person. If you're an older person, an older voter in Bernie Sanders and Jane Fonda are with fill in the blank, this Democrat in the primary, I I think it helps them. So I I don't know so much about a general, but this is in a uh, just trying to get out of the primary. And I think it's also kind of reflective of who he is as well so i i i would argue this the people that are upset about it um are not the ones that would be voting for him anyway so i think i don't think it dramatically helps him but i think it kind of like you know shores up his base with that you have voters in the 60s 70s kind of maybe you know there there were the anti-war protesters uh who would now be you know um uh the baby boom they they, there were people that that loved jane fonda so um now granted they were all the anti-war activists but to me that's like a direct pipeline almost the the person 65 to 75 maybe 80 who were against the war who are still like forever used to be a liberal uh, the Mondale voter, almost to me, the the people that thought Geraldine Ferraro was was great. So, I think in that regard, um, it, it it's not a bad thing. Only because the young people, I don't think it relates, but it does get him some press with the older ones. But now Gary Leonard, I, I'll give you my thought, Justin. Okay, um, he doesn't even mention Aaron Ruggenberg in his press release. I actually watched the video. They call a press conference, and I get it. So Gary Leonard, 30 years in the military, wants to jump on that. But he calls a press conference on 3 o'clock on a Friday. I, and I'm telling the, the listeners, th- that just reeks to me of amateur hour. You, wh- you, why would you not do that until Monday or Tuesday to then try to get all the news of the week? But when he held the press briefing and talked about Jane Fonda and talked about his service, he then only took four questions. He actually got four reporters to go to this Friday afternoon at three o'clock. He got four reporters to go. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. But when they asked him oh, on Mattos, he really didn't have a prepared answer. He, he didn't even mention Aaron Burgerberg. to me. It's, it's just kind of like dipping the toe in when he really, and he had one veteran with him. I think a little more planning and effort he could have had, you know, uh, 50 people standing up there behind him and then now you've got you know you got something so i um i mean i guess a for effort but i i just to me it reeks of the problem of people that have never done anything like this before and they throw it together and it i just thought it was like really my it was something more you do for like city council do you're talking about a congressional seat but let me hear your thoughts on uh, the Republican press briefing on this and reaction.
1: Well, I I, I mostly agree. I mean, it, the there could have been more people there. There could have been more questions answered. <clears throat> but to me, the whole the whole exercise seemed like a, more of a a missing a, a missing strategy. You know, this is it's something like I'm sure I'm sure he felt strongly about it, and he wanted to go out, and I want to get on the record condemning this I've I've, he's probably not like Jane Fonda his entire life because of her activities uh, in support of the the enemy in in Vietnam Um, and that's completely understandable but to me it's just misplaced I mean a press conference is mainstream media Uh, this is your first one so what put aside the timing and how many people were there with him uh, that seems like much better use to, be, to answer the other questions and or to, to have a, right. a whole slate of here's here's the introduction of me. So yes. right now the introduction of Gary Leonard is, uh, and remember he didn't invite, um, invite press. He got some bad press for not inviting press to a previous Good event.
0: Point. Uh, so
1: right. he, yes. so uh, introducing himself to the mainstream media, sh- uh, this was not really to me the topic. Now where this could have been powerful if they had, if they were, Deploying some kind of considered strategies on social media, because then it's you don't need that fifty people. You're you're talking to your base. You're trying to right. generate excitement. Maybe you get a little bit viral and you get some national attention for for Jane Fonda and endorsing uh, Regenberg, So I think it was kind of mis- just misplaced strategy.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and I think that speaks to you know that I'm not sure at this point there's anybody among Republicans in Rhode Island who really who really knows how to play this game. Um, yeah. And not to say that I'm necessarily an expert, but I'm just saying I just don't see that kind of PR and marketing understanding, let alone with a political edge. I mean, actually, Kayla's had some of it, but she brought in outside help. So, and she was in some respects outside help. But I think I think it speaks to that that l- lack of strategy acumen in the Republican Party in Rhode Island.
0: You know, that's a good point, um, Justin, and and. Something we didn't I don't think really talked about that much, and that's the, the more Mike, but when he made his announcement, he didn't actually invite the press in. I want people listening to understand the the what to me really decides it's it's the pressure on a campaign is to try to get you know the free media to get coverage. So people are seeing you on channel ten, channel twelve, what have you, and you're not having to pay for it because they cover you in a story. What really surprised me, you're exactly right. That could have been laid out. he should have been standing there saying who else has a question like i'll stay as long this thing could go 30 minutes if you guys want to keep asking me questions whatever to try to keep you know getting as much press as you possibly can and then as you're exactly right maybe laying it out maybe get some national attention but to to walk away after four questions he and even said you know good day gentlemen or something like that i mean it It almost seemed like a sergeant dismissing the platoon, like dismissed. And that was the end of it. And it's just it's just not going to work to me if that's the way it's going to be. He I don't I don't know him Um, again. okay, so he has military experience, but you and I both know. I mean, it's just a world of difference of running an effective campaign. You could have the best resume, but if you don't know how to translate that, and work the system to your advantage it's it's you're just going to up short so well even
1: even at a kind of deep strategy level i mean it's dislike for so he came out and at best he said he dislikes Jane Fonda and right. maybe if, if anybody who sees that who agrees with him is, is a Democrat then maybe he helps one of the other Democrats uh, so it doesn't it doesn't seem like it really I mean it, it would have been pretty easy to craft a message saying uh, Jane Fonda did this that and the other thing well, recently said she wanted to murder pro-life people this right? is exactly what we don't need in Congress which is why I am running this is I still you, I still don't have any sense of what he's running to do other than to not be a Democrat in from Rhode Island, and, and I think that's that's where he ha- that's what voters need to know. That I mean, Jane Fonda, yes. whatever. It's that's what I'm saying. This was more like a, a social media campaign done right. through a press conference, and uh, that's Very that's that's what's not gonna not gonna fly over the time.
0: And Justin, you know, you know where you're really right is what she said on the View. That's even like worse, and I think it kind of went under the radar for some people, but. You're exactly right. There was really no reason for this. He could have just put out a tweet instead of uh, showing up like this. But why not like really go after her and get involved? That's a very, very good point. Folks, quick break, much more head. Justin Katz, our segment Politics This Week, right here on the John DePetro show. AdMed Urgent Care walk-in urgent care center all your medical needs they're open seven days a week doctors and nurses two locations 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center 5750 post road east greenwich right across from felicia's again they're open seven days a week there's two locations: one near you, Johnson, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, that's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want Atmed Urgent Care. Again, two locations: 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson, in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, seven days a week. Doctors and nurses at Med Urgent Care our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchor rising.com justin representative patricia morgan has announced that she is also now uh running for senate against senator Whitehouse. apparently she can still run for her uh state representative seat but now she will face off in a primary against ray mckay so it'll be two republicans provided they all you know get on the ballot and do all the proper things but What do you make of now Patricia Morgan entering the race? There'll be a Republican primary and then the winner takes on Senator Sheldon Whitehouse.
1: Well, I'm you know, I like Patricia. So if there, you know, she wants to offer Republican voters an option in the primary. That's that's good, I guess. Uh, But I I just kind of wish there were to me, it's an indication that there aren't enough people running. I mean, it's just it's just the same people running for multiple races now it just it yeah. that has a bad feel to me and i'm yeah. not sure you know i i just, for for either of them i really don't i don't see them making the case i mean i i yeah. agree with them on every point they make about white house i just right. but i just don't see the uh, nobody's everybody seems to be running kind of standard campaigns which just aren't yeah. going to work especially these days so i think to, yeah. but to me the biggest takeaway is just there, there aren't enough republicans interested and so there are all these options on the table nobody's having discussions nobody and and i think that's also a problem of the the, the lack of prospects when when it when it's not likely anybody's going to win. Hey, why not? I'll run for Senate. I'll run for rep. When, when there's, there's a a structure and a hierarchy and, and people have to work with each other. you, you get them, they'll, they'll make deals. You know, the Democrats do this all the time. Hey, cool your heels in this job, then you'll get this job and we'll get you to this job. Um, or I've got a slight edge here. Come on, can we compromise? What issue can I work with you? Can I bring you on my campaign? Can I offer you a job when I'm in the Senate? You know, all that stuff becomes available when it's plausible, somebody will win. And just now we've gotten to the point where it's just not plausible. And so it, it's just, it just becomes kind of a, kind of a, a I don't know. It's community service, but it's almost like in the fashion of a hobby, more than more than a, a real serious uh, set of candidates running for offices they might actually win.
0: Yeah, and I I agree with that. And do you see any other scenario other than a sixty forty or sixty five thirty five final vote tally? If anything, so, Senator Sheldon, the White House. I mean, again, I don't support him. I don't support his views, but he's he's really raised his profile with this going after the Supreme Court. Um, he is, you know, frequently written about. Wall Street Journal can't stand him. But at the same time, someone like that, they're, the, the, the supporters they have are very, very strong for him. So, again, I don't support him. I would tend to vote for whether it's – I voted for Bob Flanders. I would vote for Patricia Morgan or Ray McKay. But – But Justin, on top of that, I I agree with you. I don't see them really coming up so far. It just seems like a basic plan of just I'm the other person running against him. So I, I think he would be very difficult to knock out.
1: I think so, too. And, I mean, you, mean, you yeah. mentioned the media, but the local medium loves him. I mean, you, whenever right. he says anything about the Good Supreme point. Court, I mean, you see the Boston Globe. Oh, go Senator House, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, uh, I'm right there with Ray and Patricia in thinking yeah. somebody's got to unseat this guy. But I think you've got to, looking at the, the playing field, you've got to back up a bit and say, what's really the problem? Why does he have support in Rhode Island? Why are people buying this blue blood uh divisive destructive stick he's putting on that's what needs to be attacked and and just having multiple republicans running against him doesn't doesn't make that case it just if anything it just kind of gives his his folks a little bit of uh uh, more motivation and and maybe cause him to spend a little more of his his ample campaign funds to to make sure there's no no loose cannon possibility he's going to lose but uh, I, i just don't see the rationale
0: Yeah. And even I I, the Flanders campaign uh, was given a gift, which was that was when Senator Whitehouse had that famous he was questioning Judge Kavanaugh and the whole thing about, uh, you know, he didn't know how to play quarters and was quizzing him about the high school yearbook. and, And that exploded. That even made it Saturday Night Live. The problem was the Flanders campaign didn't know what they had and they were running just such a traditional campaign i i didn't think it was a very good campaign that was the commercial that came out had the old lady calling him a doofus um you know many times what people don't understand is these people that are actually running the campaigns they've they've never done it it's all novelty it's all new to them uh so then for when they have a real opportunity which i thought the kavanaugh thing was because it really resonated and and that was national news the way judge kavanaugh was then like mocking um, Senator Whitehouse, but the Flanders people, they they weren't in a position to to do that. And then um, there's just other little things like with the campaign. Like I, I remember I saw judge, and I like Judge Flanders and I'm friendly with him, but I saw his commercial and he was wearing a white shirt. And and then when you wear a white shirt in a commercial, he, he looked like Dracula. He was so pale. And when I asked his campaign guy, like, why, why didn't you put him in blue? Like, you don't wear white when you're going to film something like that, that's like one of the rules of television. And they said, well, that's the shirt he showed up wearing for the commercial. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, wow. Like no one thought to say, all right, we need to bring someone in. What should he be wearing in the commercial? Because he looked, he was like so whited out, but that easily could have been avoided if he had had on like a a blue shirt or a blue blazer. Justin, I'm also just curious, uh, the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan wrote about Aaron Regenberg saying that he is this, uh, very divisive, you know, the progressives have been attacking him and he's been on the scene for quite some time. He certainly, you know, generates a lot of talk, but in many ways it's, it's, there's even talk that could be an anybody but Aaron type of campaign at the very tail end. I'm just curious what you think of the, the Boston Globe expose on him.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, the idea that there would be a successful anybody but Aaron campaign is is ludicrous. If he wins the primary, Democrats don't break; they they stick together. They're well, they they. Who's
0: going to be it before the end of the primary? Is what I. Said. Well, I think maybe, That's maybe. what they're saying. Uh, yeah. like okay. the last week, they just rally around like Matos. Like any somebody's going to beat him. Is what I meant. Sure, but, sure, but that's but that's much less effective
1: when when the people in the primary know whoever gets the nomination is going to get all the sure. I mean you, when you're when you're running it, it, if, I'm, if I'm in the campaign as a democrat and I'm saying well everybody hates Regenberg you ought to vote for me because he might not win a general I mean that's just not a plausible case so it's really right. it, I mean Good it's point. not as powerful as it could be otherwise but, but I don't know what, I, the thing that really struck me about and it's a point we make not only about Regenberg but about others all the time it, is Dan McGowan just kind of Oh yeah, he had a job in you know doing politics and organizing. Well, no, that's not the point. I mean that was really stuck out to me. I think our political class thinks that is work and it gives you perspective. It doesn't. And Regenberg has always been uh, and the the accusations are accurate. He's always been just a political animal, an activist, and living, and not not like he has to make ends meet off his activism. So he's it's it's like he gets to play this game, as some of his progressives are saying, uh, cosplaying as a as a social justice warrior, uh, and and that's really the, those. So those accusations are accurate. That's not a job uh, doing that kind of stuff. But what. Overall, I mean, and I, I like Dan among all the Republican. Uh, no, sorry, of all, among all the journalists in Rhode Island, he's he's among the most even-handed and friendly with people who are yeah, you know like kind that. of ideological opposition. But he came up with Regenberg. I mean, Dan started with RI Future as a progressive. He supported the I'm sure he supported the Providence Student Union. I'm sure it was a great story for him to cover as a younger reporter. And so Regenberg's like the the kind of the. The old familiar progressive uh, versus. So, what's striking though is is the and I guess in some ways encouraging, is the kind of intersectionalist progressives who want to take it to the next level and say, well, now you've got to vote for people based on their skin color and, and sex. Uh, they're not getting as much traction as I think they probably thought they were going to get by attacking Regenberg. But then, you know, the, the accusations about him are, are entirely accurate. He's just a, a rich kid with an Ivy degree and uh, never had an actual real job. It was set up for life and doesn't really... He's, he's insulated from all the problems of, of actual... You know, work a day Rhode Islanders, and I, th- I think that's that's a case that you know I shouldn't be kind of downplayed as well. He's a, he's a nice guy who was effective in the General Assembly, and so I, I think that's the uh, that, that I, that's the kind of the, the complaint I would have about Dan's article.
0: Folks, a quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved, J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730, J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote 401 732 1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J. Perry Letter J J Perry Paving 401 732 1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. Our segment is politics this week. With this is Justin Katz, meanergy getter at anchorising.com. Justin, we've heard about uh Mike Stenhouse. Rhode Island Center, of Freedom, Prosperity, and they're, they're trying to do this crossover strategy, getting people to vote in the Democrat primary. So I'll, I'll admit, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Um, I don't know how in-depth it is, but someone posted, I sent it to you, a flyer that came out that said that Alan Waters, who's running in that race, is the person that they're encouraging to vote in this crossover strategy i'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts is is that true is he the the designate like can you shed some light on that is that who people are being encouraged to vote for
1: well i i have no information other than what's been oh. reported in the, in the news so i i don't have any inside information it is a little bit different i mean in the past the the center, I believe it was, or maybe a uh, sister organization, a Gatsby project encouraged crossover voting, but that was more like to sabotage the Democrats because this is, uh, assuming that the flyer was accurate. This is, you know, basically running a Republican in a Democrat primary. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm still not a fan of the idea. I mean, to me, right. I mean, it sounds like it, if anything, it's going to r- ramp up the uh, opposition. I mean, the uh, Democrat organizations are already not inviting Alan Waters to debates and that sort of thing under the pretense that he's not really a Democrat. And I, th- I think it probably motivates progressives. And meanwhile, you know, I, if, if neither of us knows if it's if the flyer is accurate, then that's an indication that yeah. the, base, the base they're trying to appeal to doesn't know what's going on. Um, and I generally, I think it's just a, in the long run, these kind of gimmicky campaigns they they create this sense of, I don't know, I don't want to say deceitfulness, but it's kind of like, uh, that's just the Republicans, the conservatives flailing around. They're not serious. And, and that, that, I worry that that's kind of getting written into the, the local narrative.
0: For, I, and what I mean is I, I don't know who is the candidate that a design because then someone else put down – Or tweeted. I thought that that representative Winsocket's Casey was the one that they were endorsing. I don't understand this whole the crossover voting strategy. The way that that I have been familiar with it is you actually encourage people to vote for the person who would be easier to beat in the general election, not endorsing someone there. Now, again, admittedly, I don't know that much. I haven't seen the ads. If they're just telling people to get involved, I don't know. Based on this flyer, did did Alan Waters, did he just inject himself and mail this out to give people the impression that he's the candidate? But I think it's pretty telling that I'll put you and I in the one percent of people that follow this stuff, and neither one of us know who this crossover voting strategy candidate is. Do you, do you know offhand? Are they? telling people to vote for Alan Waters, or are they just telling to vote for someone other than to just, like, vote in this primary?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, and up until, okay. you know, uh, the crossover voting is usually as, as you just said, you know, you, let's pick our, pick an easy one to beat. That's why we're crossing yeah. over. This is, this would be kind of different. I mean, it's, it's almost like acknowledging that general elections do not matter, which, uh, you know, there, you get points for honesty on that, because that's really more or less the case these days, yeah. but it's still yeah,' it's, it's still pretty, pretty uh, i I think people are going to react negatively to the idea that we're just abandoning the general election and we're going to run Republicans in the Democrat primary and cross over. I think yeah. that that's a, that's going to cause a backlash,
0: yeah, and I don't know how effective it would be. I mean, the 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 time that it I thought it, it would worked pretty effectively, and at the time Rush Limbaugh was alive, but he was encouraging Republicans if they could to cross over in vote. I think, for Bernie Sanders against Hillary, uh, because then figuring, because he would be an easier candidate to beat nationally. But I don't know if this is true, that Mike Stendhal Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity are actually saying this is the candidate to support. It doesn't bode well for the Republican candidate, um, because if anything, if I were doing the um, crossover strategy, the one that you would want would have been like a Matt Brown in the governor's race last year, because then he'd be easier, or even a Regenberg would be vote for him because then he's like, so. But I'm I'm not sure about that. Justin Katz, we're also hearing that the development company, um, as far as involved with the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium, they're now claiming that they have enough uh, funding now to go ahead with it. And there's been some speculation that it's even that the unions are the ones that have stepped in and put up the uh mike mcdally said did they put up the 14.5 million in order to make this happen when you think about it from a business standpoint if they stand to they're going to get a contract to build a 150 million soccer stadium just from a business standpoint it would certainly make sense to put up the 14 million to get this project in motion
1: um, I, just to some extent, although I, I don't know why they would hide it. You'd think you know they would want to get some sure. PR for that. And I, I, I also am a little bit suspicious of that. I mean, recently, just I think it was last week, there was an article in the New York Post about a, a Teamsters leader who, who kind of made comments and put a, a trucking business out of business or helped didn't help. Uh, the trucking business stay in business and lost his members 30,000 jobs. So, I mean, I'm not, that's not, I'm not sure that's how the unions would would orchestrate this. It is, I do find it kind of odd that they're not talking about who the money came from um, or you'd think somebody would want some kind of uh, to give a boost of morale to the project, or, or what have you, uh, but I mean more more than that, they they're, they're saying they're fully capitalized with this money. And again, I I remain suspicious, as I've been from the beginning. That the economic circumstances change, and what what was enough money last month may not be enough money next month when with inflation or who knows what the construction finds and cost overruns. Uh, so. Uh, Whoever put in the money, hopefully for Tidewater's sake, they, they've got a, more in their resources or more people to bring in. Because I, I suspect just getting over the finish line for, for this particular phase is, is not going not gonna to do it.
0: Justin Katz, last Tuesday, it, it was chaos, downtown Providence. I was there. Uh, they apparently got a hoax call that someone was on top of the g- more garage with an AR-15 and had planted pipe bombs in the city. Uh, evacuated downtown, evacuated City Hall, SWAT called in. It was a big deal for about t- over two hours. And um, Sandra Cano, who's running for that CD1 seat, um, I'm just curious, I'd like to hear, you, you reacted to a tweet she put out saying, boy, this is a reminder, we need good sense uh, gun legislation. You
1: no, know, there's a shamelessness to that, right? I mean, yeah. everything, even, even a hoax. It's like they... <laughs> You imagine they have some young staffer who's just sitting there scrolling through Twitter and has a list of issues they need to hit, and whenever anything comes up, hit that, hit that, uh, and it's it's just it creates this this kind of destructive panic. Uh, I think gives people an irrational fear, and I, I think this is, it's a kind of politics we, we really need to get beyond because it's it's unsettling people. You know, there's some case to be made that a lot of the the gun climate and all that, all this activism is is contributing to a, a mental health crisis among young folks i mean that that sort of thing not not to say kano's in, implicit in that complicit in that but uh that i there is a reason not to turn everything into a political talking point point. and that's i think right. that's and i we're seeing that on issue after issue i mean yeah. um it, it, i mean to t- t- tie it to climate you we see fires in canada and hawaii uh, my understanding is satellite. Satellite records show that there are fewer fires across the globe than there were in the past. So, but yet the fear, everybody, oh, fu- everything could burst into flames instantaneously because of climate change. And I think Kano is not alone in doing in kind of fostering this fear mongering. But but it's it's really unhealthy, and I think people ought to people ought to start taking a breath and, and you know kind of pushing back when those those ridiculous statements are made.
0: Folks, our segment is Politics this week. With us, Justin Katz, managing editor at com. Justin, there was controversy in Woodsocket last week as they uh, installed some armrests on benches at a park there. And so Steve Alquist, who's now going off on his own formerly of uh, uprise, he went up and then he posted, I sat down on a bench and there was the, initially a press release even went out that said that they they've created hostile furniture i think the way they described the armrest because it's it's uh hostile towards the homeless but he put out in a public works off they threatened to arrest me if i touch one of the armrests and the thing that i picked up was when i watched the video the public works person said that people had already removed three of them because they 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 claimed that because of these armrests on the benches people homeless can't lay down on these benches at this park in one socket and as Alquist is there, the the guy doesn't know he's he's looking at it. He's got equipment. It, he certainly looks like someone who maybe he was gonna take it out. So what he is saying is, hey, you can't you know, like you know fiddle with that. Otherwise, you you get arrested. You're you're not supposed to be doing that. I, I'm just I'd like to hear your thoughts on this so-called controversy about the armrests on the benches against the homeless in Woodstock.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought was behold the power of journalism. He, he, Alquish published the entire, the entire conversation. And it was, it was kind of comical for a second. I thought it was like a parody or, or yeah. something, but uh, I mean, they, they are, I mean, it looks to me like they're, they're designed as the activists complain to prevent people from lying down on a bench uh, and mainly that'll be homeless people sleeping. And, you know, not, I, I don't think he mentioned it in this article, but he certainly mentioned it before in January, uh, as I understand somebody died sleeping on one of those benches overnight so it's it's really it's not i mean to call this preventing people from lying down in a position where they might die is not hostile and so it it shows me that these these activists are just they're just completely out of out of touch and and never mind other people's enjoyment of the park Uh, just just this week and again the new york post uh, a, a beggar stabbed somebody in the, in the subway area after they got into a, an altercation. I mean, not to say all homeless people are, are going to stab people, but you're talking about people who are in desperate straits, many of them with yeah. substance abuse problems. That's a public health issue and a public safety yeah. issue. And this it's not even a consideration to these activists. They've just decided that anything you do that, that disrupts the lives of these folks at all in any way is, is wrong. And, you know, as another thing, Alquist and, and the progressives, they're all about... Labor, right? But uh, yeah. I think we, we see in this story, they're not really about workers. The workers coming over and going, you know, here's another guy uh, coming to take these things off. I'm going to have right. to find all the pieces. I'm going to have to go get another bolt. I'm going to have to, my whole day is going to be surrounded by getting this bench fixed because this guy's going to take it off. Alquis has no sympathy. Once you once you disagree with progressives, no matter who you are, and I guess you, I guess Regensburg is getting a taste of this too. Once you disagree with them, no matter who you are, you are the enemy. You're you're part of the man. You're the one yeah. trying to come into a press. And I think and you'll be mocked. You'll be destroyed and, and undermined. You'll get your face on their social media. And that that's a, should be a lesson for, for workers in rhode island as as they watch their labor unions become basically progressive activist organizations is you'll have no help when when it comes to this you'll be the enemy and i think that, so those that's to me it, it's a kind of a small silly story but it does kind of show the in encapsulates the the silliness of progressivism not only do, are they not really helping the people they claim to help not only are they making our society worse and it puts a possibly policies they they promote but the people they say claim they support they'll attack like the worker working people and so i think that kudos to to alquist for, for making it so clear unfortunately i don't think many people will if they if they watch it i don't think many people will pick up on that message
0: folks again our segment is politics this week he is justin kass managing editor at rising.com just an excellent job as always and we'll talk to you again thank you john i'll talk to you soon propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential or commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus remember to follow the john DePietro show on youtube it's john DePietro show on youtube subscribe which means you get notified whenever we post new videos you find original content video you can't find anywhere else subscribe today it's free it's the youtube channel of the john DePietro show The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time. At the Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, they keep saying the race for president, the race for the nomination. Let's go through the latest poll right now. And this is Nate Silver 538, GOP presidential primary. Trump, 53.7%. DeSantis, 14.3%. Vivek Ramswamy, 7.5 percent he's really the breakout winner if he has a big night on the debate stage coming up on the 23rd he could get to 10 percent. but let's hear the rest of the field former vice president mike pence i don't i just don't see a path for him 5.5 percent of the now again it's early and what really matters is how they do in the initial early states iowa new hampshire um nikki haley 3.6 percent senator tim scott 3.3 percent chris christie 2.6 percent is this really a race trump is at 53.7 percent trump is more popular than than biden is as far as if if they really broke out i think biden's gonna have a challenger by the way he's gonna try to run but it's just eroding but i i'm not you know as much as we're saying a race right now just 47 percent of democrats want biden to run again in 2024 that that number is going to go down even lower because of the hunter biden scandal but desantis is not ready for prime time no one seemingly can touch the front runner president trump 53.7 percent. the only question remains now is he actually going to be on the debate stage coming up at the end of the month folks you're listening to the john DePietro show it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland diagonally across from davenport restaurant stopping and see marie that historic white church shop local inside all quality products vitamins herbal remedies trusted companies they understand quality integrity it's my health it's all about your health local products i say honey maple syrup beef fresh gum you know they carry over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas hemp and cbd products and much more natural skincare products stop it and see marie at it's my health 1099 Menden road in cumberland it's all about health for you for your family it is vitamins for children all different types of teas all different types of spices boy what a difference it'll make shop local stop it and see the queen of health it's marie and it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland diagonally across from Davenport restaurant right in that historic white church it's all about health it's all about your health and it's my health make sure to find The John DiPietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all, real-time, live stream. Just follow John DiPietro Show right there on the Facebook page. Limitless Outdoors. Why do they call it Limitless Outdoors R.I.? Well, because it's limitless what they could do for your home, for your property. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Remember their slogan, dream, build, enjoy. It starts with a discussion, how you'd like to use your outdoor space. They can design your outdoor space to fit your aesthetics and lifestyle. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps, Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installation, excavation, Limitless Outdoors. They can also up, update your indoor fireplace. Call today, free consultation, free quote, 401-580-1852. You can also find them on Facebook, and then their website is LimitlessOutdoorsRI.com. How about an outdoor kitchen? Call them today, Limitless Outdoors, 401 401- 580 Check out Topetro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video, exclusive stories waiting for you right there at Topetro.com. Falcon Pest Services. When you have a pest problem, give them a call serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass., 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bedbugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians maybe it's once a year maybe it's a one-time treatment monthly service quarterly or year-round protection you can depend falcon pest services call them today for a free quote 401-739-1322 get your yard sprayed get rid of those mosquitoes falcon pest services call today 401-739-1322 Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook.